and welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week, we watched and will be talking about the documentary, Babies. Jan, do you want to tell us about this movie? Babies is a 2010 French documentary by Thomas Balmay, and it is uh, it's released in the United States under Focus Features. We found it on Netflix. I think that's about that's where you'd find it these days. It was produced by Elaine Shavitt, and it is about babies. Do you want to tell us the the rough plot of this? It's not really a plot. Babies is a look at the lives, the first year in the lives of four babies. They are Pony Jao, who is from Opua, Namibia, Bayar, who is from Bayan Chandmani, Mongolia, Mari, who is from Tokyo, Japan, and Hattie from San Francisco, the United States. Since the movie uh, is made is is French. I watching it this time. It really struck me for the first time that like there's no European presence because it's made in Europe. Mm-hmm. So the American perspective is also a foreign perspective. Yeah, absolutely. That's just like an interesting perspective to watch it with as a Canadian. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the movie uh, follows their first year of lives. And the different ways that they grow. I mean, beyond that, it doesn't really have much of a plot. Yeah, absolutely. The plot, or like, not the plot, but the... What's interesting about it is the comparisons you make in your head and the comparisons that are shown on screen. So let's, like, as we usually do, and I suspect that these sections are going to work very differently from how they usually do. Mm Mm-hmm. Because this is the first documentary we've talked about here on Way Too Seriously. And maybe we'll talk about what it is about what documentary what it is to watch a documentary with kids in I think that, that in the Way Too Seriously section is the appropriate time for that though. Yeah, absolutely. How good of a documentary is this, using your most objective perspective? How good a job did they do making this film? I think it's a great documentary. I think that they really show these babies uh from from birth to a year old and like what what I like about a documentary is when you forget that there's a camera and this this one definitely you're like when I think about it now I'm like wow there was like cameramen in those rooms <laughs> and stuff but they really did a good job not making making you feel like you're just an, a neutral observer and I quite like that I quite think that that's a really good job as a documentary. And I think that a key thing in documentaries is editing. Mm-hmm. And this is a well-edited documentary. Oh, it sure it, is. Because it, it, it flips from baby to baby and it compares them in different stages and shows these juxtapositions with each other. How about you? What did you think about those kind of things? I think similar things. I think uh, there are different styles of documentary, right? Like there mm-hmm. are some that aren't trying to make the camera invisible at all. Um but this definitely is the kind that you are encouraged to forget that the camera is there. And in the way too seriously, maybe we'll talk about what that means. Mm-hmm. But definitely in terms of like, it's really compelling. It's really interesting. This is not a documentary that makes an argument overtly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is just showing you stuff. And I think that is, was a really good choice. 
Mm-hmm. There's no, like, if it's not clear, there's no voiceover, there's no narration, there's no explanation of what's happening, there's extremely minimal captioning, there's a caption that tells you where each of the babies are and what their names are. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's it. Doesn't tell you the parents' names, doesn't tell you any other, and definitely does not translate any of the languages. Yeah, and it's that's another thing that, like, the San Francisco... You, I understood what the parents were saying sometimes, but if you were French, there's a good chance that you wouldn't understand any of them ever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think all of those are really good choices, and I totally agree with you that the uh, most impressive aspect of this movie is the editing. Mm-hmm. There must have been, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours of each baby. Yeah, exactly. And they pull it together, and they are... Each baby has a really memorable moment, and uh, they juxtapose these moments of development in different in the different babies' lives, and they give you some kind of sense of the culture as a whole, but also a sense of the uh, specificity of this particular baby. Yeah. I think it's really well put together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really enjoy this movie, too. This is the second time I've seen it, maybe third. Mm-hmm. It's rare that I would watch a documentary more than once. I don't tend to do that, but it's just so good. It's just so ah, I love watching these different cultures interact mm-hmm. with their babies and getting like this general sense of what life is like on in other places. And I just the way as a parent, it makes me feel towards mm-hmm. parenting. I love it. Yeah, me too. I know that's definitely not a movie for everyone. Like, there's a lot of, like, if you don't like the sound of babies crying, there is a decent <laughs> amount of crying in this. And if you're, like, you're, you don't like the nudity, like, there's a lot of both the the babies are often naked and the then there's a lot of breastfeeding mm-hmm. in it. If that bothers you, I guess, don't watch it. But, I mean, I don't know. I agree. I really liked it. I enjoyed watching it. It held my attention for a movie with, you know, no dialogue, no voiceover. Yeah. Uh, it held my attention. It held both our kids' attention for almost the whole movie. Which was surprising, yeah. I, I wasn't sure how well they would want to watch it, but they really did hold their attention. They got a little bored, like, maybe five minutes from the end. Yeah. But yeah, for just, like, it's just babies on screen, especially from their perspective. Like, we mm-hmm. were, I think, in a moment going to take some of the things apart a little bit but from our kids perspective it's just like some babies on the screen <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so let's get into the way, way too seriously portion of our show yeah let's since yeah since there's not a lot to talk about in terms of narrative i think we just need to approach our discussion a little differently yeah. and maybe the place we should start talking about this movie way too seriously is just talking about what is it to watch a documentary, especially to watch it with kids. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's not too seriously, but like we mostly watch fiction for way too seriously. And we mostly watch fiction with our kids in general. So why did we want to watch, why did you want to watch a uh, documentary? And is it a different experience? We've watched documentaries in the past, mostly almost exclusively about nature yeah. So we watched some of the BBC Earth. We've watched there's very uh Disney 
Animal Kingdom has released several movies, like the Monkey Kingdom one and like the or like the Born in China. Mm-hmm. It's called. And we've really enjoyed those, and so I thought, you know, I really like this one about babies. I saw it pop up on Netflix and thought this might be something our kids might want to watch, just to try it out, see mm. if they like it. Turns out they kind of did. Yeah. And I think it's important to expose your kids to documentaries and to these. Uh, not just fiction, but other things as well. Yeah, I agree. Partly for the same reason I want to expose my kids to both fiction and nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. That like, you can, uh, the medium of film can be used for all kinds of reasons. Entertainment and polemic and information. And like, part of the reason that I want to watch movies with our kids a lot, partly is just that I like them. Partly mm-hmm. is just that they like them and have fun. But there's also like a deliberate, I want them to develop some kind of film literacy. Mm-hmm. So, and that means everything from, I want to show them some really good movies so they recognize what a good movie looks like. But also I want to watch, do a little bit of the way too seriously discussion with them so they understand how movies are portraying things and make the assumptions they're making. Yeah. And that goes into nonfiction also. Like, how does this movie represent the world? And we had, we didn't talk about that with our kids yet, but I suspect we're going to a little. Mm-hmm. So how does this movie represent the world? And we said, we said already, this movie doesn't uh, explicitly present any argument. Just shows you some babies. Mm-hmm. But is it making any implicit arguments? Yes, definitely. And what are they? Well, I think it was set out to show that we all raise our kids differently. That there are children in every part of the world, mm-hmm. and we think that our way is the right way. Yeah. You know, you think so much when you have kids, or a lot of people when they have kids, us especially, you like mm-hmm. you read things and you absorb all this information, and like you have to have your kids in the car seat and the thing, and the the old way is bad, and the new way is good, and the old way is good, and the new way is bad, and the and you keep your kids safe by doing this and this and this. And then you watch this documentary and there's this kid in Mongolia and he's just wandering around with cows and you're like, they're raising their kids like this. This is like, wow, this is so different than my culture. And is there, and like, is it wrong? No. Might it cause harm to this kid? Maybe. Might the assumptions that the California parents are doing cause harm to their kid? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. There's a question that I am not quite sure. I think you've already answered your reading of it. But I think it's very possible to read this movie in two ways, right? Is this a movie about difference or is this a movie about sameness? Mm, Yes. Is the message of this movie... Look how all these very different places and very different cultures, but babies are still babies. And they fight and they cry and they play and they crawl and they walk and they talk. And there's these moments of like showing all four babies in the same stage of development Mm -hmm. in real mirror scenes. Yeah. Or is the point of this movie the opposite of that? Is it what kind of what you were saying that like, look at how very different the ways that people can raise babies are it are Mm. do you think do you get out of this movie an emphasis on sameness or an emphasis on difference both (laughs) (laughs) 
do you think that like if we are taking this movie way too seriously do you think this is a movie and i'm asking you because i'm not sure what i think and i'm yeah. forcing you to talk <laughs> <laughs> to answer the question that you can't answer yeah but yeah i do think it's both right because yeah it's definitely yeah a parallels across cultures and how babies are babies no matter what and what you do see in this movie is a lot of love mm-hmm. that the parents have for the kids mm-hmm. and i think that shows a uniting of cultures and of people and of like we're all humans who love our kids but I'm- there's also yeah these very here's what's different about these different places and there's in the editorial choices and directorial choices, like the parents are very minimalized. Mm-hmm. We see the parents a little bit, but the focus is always on the baby. Yeah. And the parent kind of comes in frame and comes out of frame a little bit. And also I really noticed, <laughs> having had two babies myself, even in the first year of life, parents get very frustrated with their babies and the babies cause problems and the parents are not always... Uh, happy with their baby mm-hmm. but i think there's only one moment in all four babies lives of a parent like expressing unhappiness with their baby at all yeah and it was mild yeah it was the <laughs> the mongolian baby like dumps a bucket of was that milk or water i'm not clear yeah i think it, it was water it looked more it didn't look as clear as water anyway dumped a bucket out on the ground and the mongolian mother untranslated but clearly says something like look at this mess you made mm-hmm. and she she hits even a swat on the bum yeah to which but, he does not react whatsoever but other than that there's like no expressing frustration or or anger or even unhappiness towards the babies mm-hmm. i think that's a real editorial choice of what you were saying of like they're emphasizing the baby but they're also emphasizing love mm-hmm. because of course any family you could edit it together to be like look at how they are always annoyed with this baby yeah because if you're going to take a whole year of life and put it into you know how long is this movie two yeah. hours which gives you a half hour per baby <laughs> yeah if you put a year of the kid's life into half an hour you could put that together to show how the parent is irritated with the baby Mm -hmm. absolutely but they didn't they didn't and part of that i think is this and part of it is because the parent's reaction isn't the point but also part of it is what you were saying that like what holds these babies in common is not just their stages of development and common humanity but also there's an emphasis on i mean an emphasis on love an emphasis on intimate family love Mm -hmm. that I think has a rhetorical effect that has an effect of like, they may do things differently. Parents may do things differently. Some swaddle their babies. Some don't use a diaper at all. Some, but they all love their babies. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a rhetorical claim. This movie is making, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you, what was the most surprising moment to you in this movie? Well, it wasn't surprising this time because I've seen it before, but maybe the Mongolian baby wandering around under a cow's hooves and like the cow is almost steps on him. Yeah. Or when the, like the Mongolian baby was the one that was most surprising to me. Yeah. Many aspects of his life Mm -hmm. that like he's having a bath and a goat wanders over and starts drinking the bath water. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the mom is like, hey, get out of here, goat. <laughs> and then, like, the Mongolian and the Namibian baby are both very rural. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mongolian family, like, it's, they don't really show you anything about the parents, but you can kind of infer that they're, like, goat herds. They have goats and the... And lots of cows. I think and lots of cows yeah, and they go off the and, like, the father isn't really present very much in the Mongolian family because mm-hmm. he's off with the herd somehow in some degree. Yeah. And the uh, Namibian family likewise. Like, it's rural and there's some kind of and there is herding specific, or farming or something. And they're a specific tribe. They're the Himba tribe. Yeah. Who live on, who seems like live on the plains and are, yeah, herders. And so both of those, like, I have lived a very urban life. Mm-hmm. Not San Francisco or Tokyo. No. But still, both San Francisco and Tokyo was a lot more familiar to me mm-hmm. than either Namibia or Mongol- Mongolia. Yeah. But especially the Mongolia because they're very isolated. Mm-hmm. You never see anyone around. They have family that come, at, like, I think twice in the movie. There's a moment where, like, I assume family, actually. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Friends, other a, kids. A, a community of others come and gather together and do stuff together and then seem to leave again. Uh, the Namibian fa- are like, there's lots of people around all the time. Yeah, well, they're just like in each other's lives. Like, they're not, there's no distinction between family and family. There's just like massive kids and massive mothers. And who belongs to who? I wasn't even clear on, you have, um, what's her name, the little girl, Ponji, and her older brother, who are clearly the same mother, but then like, there's random other kids and babies and like you we found out later from looking it up that she has eight siblings and like who knows who in that group was her kids you say that there's no distinction if you were himba and watched this movie maybe it would be immediately obvious to you what the distinction was yes oh very true very so just to be clear you couldn't distinguish that doesn't mean there isn't a distinction oh no definitely yeah i agree with you mean but definitely, yeah, there are definitely a lot of people all in each other's lives in the Namibian family. And the Mongolian was so like, it's the mom, the two boys, and some animals <laughs> for mm-hmm. most of the time. Yep. And that was also, if you're talking about like what surprised me, what was alien to my experience, it was that one. Mm-hmm. I think the Mongolian one was more... Uh, alien to my experience than the Namibian one. Mm-hmm. Whereas both the Japanese and the American experience were very relatable, very similar to the way we had babies, even sometimes more the Japanese one than the American. Yeah, why? Um, the Japanese mom was took her baby to like baby and me classes that were a little more, I don't know, organized. Mm-hmm. And she was and it was like the dad was like holding the baby a lot more. He was working on the computer and holding the baby <laughs> at the same time. They were all three of them very together mm-hmm. in the Japanese family. And then like the toys that the baby was playing with that Mari, the Japanese baby was playing with were so similar to the toys that yeah. we have and had. And then like, yeah, the baby in San Francisco was in the US was very similar as well. But there were some moments of like San Francisco is a very unique kind of city within the United States. And so it has, there were some certain things about that that were very different from my experience as well. The American family was clearly 
quite crunchy mm-hmm. uh, for an American family. Yeah. Like that flavor of American parenthood is what yeah. you're seeing, which is not, which is pretty close to ours. I think, mm-hmm. I think all four uh, babies, for example, were breastfed and baby wearing. Yeah, that's true. They all were born in carriers. The San Francisco family had like cloth diapers too. Yeah. And they also, there's a moment of understanding English for the San Francisco family is like talking to the pediatrician about like tummy time. Mm-hmm. And then they like switch over to the Namibian family where the baby's just crawling around on his, uh, her, they're all hers except Mongolia, right? Yeah. The baby is crawling around on her tummy. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit, I think, again, unstated, but one of the subtexts, I think, of like, the San Francisco mother very worried about making sure that she's giving her baby tummy time in the appropriate way. And the Namibian mother, uh, or the Namibian baby, we don't snap to the mother, we snap to the baby, getting that anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. There's a subtext of a rhetorical claim that, like, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think there is a rhetorical claim about parenting that we could take from this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's a rhetorical claim about parenting, it is towards like laissez-faire, uh, kids are fine. Mm-hmm. Just by virtue of showing the two rural babies, like eating dirt, being stepped on by cows and just being fine. There's a subtle rhetorical claim that like, the protectiveness of the urban parents is not necessary. Yeah. Right. Do you th- or do you think I I'm think, out to lunch? No, I think that's, that is the definite way that this is going. There's also a matter of, is it shocking? Mm-hmm. It's part of that, that maybe that's why they're portraying that is it's a little bit shocking of how different these, these lifestyles are. But I also, I think that, it's portrayed very positively and a little bit of the negativity is swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. Like, is it okay that she's uneducated or yeah. undereducated? And is this keeping girls and women down in this country? They portray them as very happy and very content and very, everything's great, but it is extremely poverty stricken and education might be able to do something about that yeah exactly and there's also an aspect of you know we see the mongolian baby playing among cows and is fine but our daughter said to us cows kill hundreds of people every year (laughs) and like that's true and this baby is fine but that's called confirmation bias yeah where you show the fine baby and make a claim that, like, it's the same claim of, like, I didn't wear a seatbelt and I turned out fine. Well, that's because all the kids who didn't wear seatbelts and didn't turn out fine are dead and can't tell you about it. Yeah, exactly. Right? And there's a little bit of that here, too, where, like, all four of these babies turn out just fine and are great. But if one of them hadn't been fine, you wouldn't have included them in the movie. Yeah, exactly. So that doesn't actually, like, it's making a rhetorical claim that's not... uh necessarily sound Mm -hmm. when it says 
you can let your baby wander around in the cows or you can let it, your her drink out of, you know, muddy puddles. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there's no problem. Like, the baby drinks out of a muddy puddle and it's cute and also like, ah! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but babies in Namibia do get poisoned by unsafe drinking water. Yeah, exactly. And do die of, like, right? diphtheria and... And this and, baby didn't. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that actually you don't have to care about your baby's safety. Yeah, exactly. Which is the, I think, subtle rhetorical claim this movie is making, and it's not really a sound one. Mm-hmm. It has the danger of romanticizing poverty. Yeah. That I think is a problem. Yeah. On the other hand, it also has the benefit of showing, like, she can breastfeed both kids at once, and that's not a big deal. You know, these things that we make a big deal out of mm-hmm. are really not. And on the flip side of what I was just saying, there's a real, like, we talk about representation when we're watching fiction movies. Mm-hmm. And here are the choice of families that we see. We see an American family, a Japanese family, a Mongolian family, an African family, no European because the presumed audience when the, I mean, I don't know that this is true, but I am assuming that no European family, because the presumed audience is European and they want to show something that isn't the presumed audience's experience. And mm-hmm. it came to an American audience eventually because it was well-received and really good. But when they were making it, they were imagining a French audience. Yeah. Right? So to the makers, the American uh, is just as foreign, right? What we see of rural Africa especially is a very tiny slice of the whole experience of rural Africa we tend mm-hmm. to see, you know, do they know it's Christmas at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend to see these poor, pathetic, starving people who need your pity. And there's yeah. something really valuable to like, this is a family with a baby and a fa- and they, she spends a year exploring her world and learning to walk and crawl. Yeah. It's just a little bit of a perspective on an African family especially a rural african family that we don't get a lot of and it's probably good for us and when i say us i mean urban canadians yeah like me and presumably urban french also but i'm thinking of myself yeah absolutely absolutely it's just so interesting to see these perspectives i love it i love the so many aspects of it Now, I wonder, um, in terms of showing this movie to children Mm -hmm. and encouraging other people to do so, I have zero problem with my kids watching women breastfeed Mm -hmm. and half-naked children running around in this movie. Sometimes fully naked. Sometimes fully naked, it's true. Uh, But I could see where other parents might be a little more... Like, I don't really want to watch that or see that. Or even adults who don't want to watch that or see that. Mm-hmm. So there is that kind of aspect that comes with it of what do you want to see of, like, a whole person's life. Mm-hmm. That's another, I think, rhetorical claim the movie is making, right? And the way that they show the babies. But also the way they show breastfeeding, specifically, Mm -hmm. 
is not ideologically neutral. Yeah. Right? I mean, you may or may not know, if you're a parent, you very likely know that, like, the conversation around breastfeeding is extremely emotionally intense. Yes. And this movie is not neutral on it. No. I said all four uh, babies are breastfed. Yeah. Um, and then they really show that. Mm-hmm. And that is a, there's a, I think, deliberate uh, choice to... Normalize? Normalize. Uh, absolutely. Normalize breastfeeding, normalize bodies, normalize physical relationships between parents and children, mm-hmm. normalize babies' bodies, right? Yeah. Uh, and we see, like, the parents in a hot tub with the baby and they're both naked and we see the parents in a shower with the baby and they're both naked and we see like there's quite a bit of representations of bodies mm-hmm. um and we don't see like they're both naked we don't see anything other than breasts in the context of breastfeeding in terms of adult nudity yeah but uh there's a body positivity in the sense not in the very specific sense of like emphasis on normalizing a very bodily relationship Mm -hmm. between specifically mother and child yeah in this movie that is not ideologically neutral Mm -hmm. that's why i tend to uh, agree with the ideology of the movie yeah but i just want to really notice that it's making a claim it is definitely and I feel like it shows the baby in Namibia happier because she is constantly in touch with everybody else. She's just like, they just never stop touching bodies with other children, with other parents, with other... Yeah, I think that's true. I feel like true. there's a lot of joy in that. I think there absolutely is true. The happier, happier than she otherwise would be, but because I think of like... The Mongolian baby, who's the baby who probably gets the less least touch of any of them, is like a really happy baby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, except, except when his brother is beating him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which there's a moment, and I mean, maybe we could get into a little bit of like the camera's eye. Is there's a moment where the older brother with the younger brother in Mongolia is taking like a scarf or something and he just keeps hitting his brother with it and like it's not actually hurting the baby at all but it is making him cry every time he hits him with it he cries and the older brother keeps looking directly at the camera every time he does it and i thought watching it like there's a cameraman there's a person there that this kid can't ignore and so he's acting out to see what they'll do and they'll do nothing because they're trying to be this like observer, mm-hmm. this camera as, as observation, but you can't fool a kid. A kid knows that you're a person there and they're going to act out to see what you'll do. Was there a cameraman? A lot of, I am I assuming wonder, yeah. that a lot of the time the camera is there without a person operating it just because you can't stop kids from interacting with a person. And the camera is very often at the baby's level. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm kind of assuming that there were cameras, there were camera operators present, certainly. But I'm assuming that a lot of the time they set up a tripod, pointed at the babies, and then like walked away. Maybe. 
Because the camera is very often steady, pointing on the baby's level, and like the camera band would have to be lying down, which they could do, but like they're not moving the focus, they're not panning over, they're just pointing it at a baby who is stationary Mm. for a lot of this movie. I feel like there was some focusing in and some panning, but maybe I'm crazy. I don't think in that scene. Okay. Yeah, but not in that scene particularly. That scene was very steady camera. But even if the cameraman wasn't there, the the older brother was definitely looking at the camera. Yeah. Aware that the camera was filming. Yes, exactly. Look, I'm hitting my brother in the face. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And there are definitely moments when, like, the camera is uh, looked at by the babies. Yeah. Deliberately. For sure. And even, like, in some of the like the baby and me classes that both the Japanese and the American parents go to this uh, overperforming. Yeah. I, I felt like was maybe they're very aware there's a camera in the room. And so they're being a little bit extra. Yep. Especially the Japanese one. Maybe they are just only showing up us this but like there was a moment in the japanese one where there's a whole bunch of babies and the person running the class is like talking only to Mar- mari yeah and like doing a whole thing with her hands and like all my focus is on you the baby who is the focus of the documentary yeah and i wonder like did she spend that much time with every baby in that class Maybe. Maybe. And maybe that's like the personalized greeting that goes from baby to baby that you definitely do in a class like that. That's very true. But yeah, it did seem like a little bit focusing very much on her, maybe for the sake of the camera. And that brings us back around to something we've kind of touched on all the way through this discussion. But like, the camera's eye and the camera's presence is something to keep in mind. And uh, you said... You said that you like the kind of uh, documentary where the camera is invisible and you forget it's there. Mm -hmm. But that's a real rhetorical position also. Yeah. Because making the camera forgettable is making a claim that we are showing you unfiltered the world as it really is when we really aren't. Yeah, exactly. At all. And by observing you change it, these, especially when they're interacting with other people, people just are behaving differently because they're on tape. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and even like, whatever, these parents know that they're being filmed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that might not change them much, but it'll change what they do just a little. Mm -hmm. And also we've commented on the way that this is, you know, very skillfully edited, but that means that you're choosing what to show us to make a rhetorical position. The camera is not neutral. The camera is not invisible. The camera is not a view from nowhere. Mm -hmm. This is making an ideological claim. This is making an argument because everything does. Yeah. So is there something to say about, uh, is there something dishonest about the kind of documentary that makes the camera invisible? Hmm. I don't think it's dishonest, necessarily. I think every documentary has a a bias. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe some people wouldn't realize that, and that maybe is a bit dishonest. But I think most people know that there's biases in documentaries. 
But like something like a Michael Moore documentary where he points the camera at his own face and says, I think that violent, that, you know. Yeah. Gun laws are bad, right? Gun laws are good. I I think that the gun laws as they currently exist are not strong enough, is what I meant. Uh, He makes his bias pretty uh, apparent. Mm Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't make its bias apparent at all. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That said, I like this movie better than a Michael Moore documentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also really like the kind of documentary where the camera is invisible. From my enjoyment of the aesthetic experience. Yeah. But I think we need to be wary of them. Mm-hmm. Even like, even nature documentaries sometimes will have like night vision and, you know, there's still a light. And so these animals can't possibly be acting the same exact way they would act in the complete pitch dark. Yeah. And nature documentaries are edited just like this one is. So you put it all together to tell a story that isn't necessarily, and you interpret both with narration, but even with camera angle and what shots you juxtapose with each other, you interpret things that aren't necessarily truthful Mm -hmm. even in even giving you the very best possible motives like you could i'm not saying they are lying they can just be wrong Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and likewise here one of the experiences of watching this movie with my kids is they spent 90 percent of the movie like saying out loud what they presume is the inner monologue of the baby yeah which is a lot of fun that was like you're not right necessarily yeah. about what you, pr- you, oh, I wonder what this is. I'm going to grab it. You know, like yeah. a lot of the time it's pretty apparent, but sometimes like, you don't know that's what the baby's thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is not look who's talking. No. There's a moment, since we're kind of winding down, I want to talk, just like point out some of my favorite moments of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a moment where Mari, the Japanese baby is like trying to put together this ring and stick. Yeah. And I think that's what you were thinking of when you said that we had the same toys because we had a toy that looked just like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And she just like, she's trying, trying, trying. And then she like throws the toy away and flips back and is so clearly like, this is really frustrating. And then she gets back up, (sighs) tries it with another one and then throws it away again. It's adorable. And like one of the most transparent you can absolutely know what is going on in this baby's mind mm-hmm. and then she picks up her book and then throws it away in frustration i love that yeah that moment was wonderful yeah exactly it was great are there any moments that you particularly want to um that one does really stand out there's a few moments with the the Namibian baby has an older brother who's like a year older. Like it's very, very close in age. They almost look like twins. And she like, she does things like she'll like poke at his penis. Cause they're always all naked. And he'll be like, he was like, no, <laughs> don't do that. And she was like looking down, like, well, where's mine? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like little moments like that of just like the way babies are so curious about the world and have no inhibitions. It's hilarious sometimes. And uh, the moment where the 
Mongolian baby it like sits between two goats and like yanks on their fur and the goats are just like uh, and then like steps on the goat to get over the goat and the goat just like sits there the whole time i'm like this goat is gonna like gore your kid but no we we said to our kids our kids were like don't hurt the goat and we said to them what i think is true that like if the goat minded it would leave yeah exactly (laughs) so some really chill goats yeah (laughs) and a really chill cat oh yeah dragging the cat around Oh, man. Yeah. That's the brother. Yeah. The older brother, like, drags the cat into frame at one point. And that's another moment of, I think, the older brother being aware of the camera. Yeah, I think so, too. He drags the cam- the cat into frame mm-hmm. and then leaves. Yeah. Yep. You're looking at my cat kind of thing. Yep. The Namibian baby and her brother, uh, the first shot of the movie is the two of them, like, banging rocks, uh, clearly... Or maybe not clearly, but the way it's edited makes it seem like imitating the way that the mother uh, crushes uh, ochre. Yeah. So they're like banging rocks and rubbing them and it's, and then there's a bottle on the ground in front and the baby reaches for the bottle and her brother like yanks it away and pushes her over and she cries and her mom comes and takes her away and the brother like puts the bottle next to him. Yeah. <laughs> and that also is just an adorable little sequence yeah. of like, nope. <laughs> it's my bottle. Yeah. Or when the when the uh, San Francisco babies are having this like baby rhyme time where they're singing this like uh, super hippie like the earth will protect us and take care of us. So the baby is like, no, that no, I'm done with this. I'm like pulling on the door, like let me out of here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was great. That was a great moment. <laughs> It's a lot of great moments. So, is it good? Is it seriously good? Hoo-hoo. I would Can we definitely good. Yeah, it's definitely good. I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea, no. but it definitely is good. It's well done. I mean, like, it's babies. If you don't like babies, you're not going to like this movie. That's all there is to it, is babies for the whole time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've always been a baby person. Yeah. I think if you don't like babies, maybe try watching a movie like this and getting some perspective on how babies are also human and you shouldn't not like someone just because of their age. That is excellent point. And it's definitely good. Is it seriously good? I think it is. I think it is. And I think the my reservations might be around uh, trying to make the camera invisible and whether that's dishonest. And maybe... We didn't really talk about, but there's the, I mean, we did talk about the, like, minimizing the risks of some parenting that is risky mm-hmm. and not to put criticism on the parents, but like some situations that yeah, are risky, Yeah, exactly. I should say instead. Uh, and there is... I actually think the movie doesn't do this, but you could, uh, I think, make a case that there's some fetishization of foreignness. Mm. Yeah, I could, I could see that. That's kind of what I was saying with the romanticizes, definitely yeah. kind of, uh, rural. But despite all that, I think that uh, they're really trying their best 
rather than fetishizing foreignness to uh, just depict it, mm -hmm. to show the sameness of people are people and humans are humans. And uh, that is a political statement that I think is a good one. Yeah, same. So I think it's seriously good. So for that reason, if no other, I'm I'm comfortable calling it seriously good. Yeah. Well, it was fun talking about a documentary. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone will have seen this or will want to see it, but if you do and if you have, let us know. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do that by tweeting to us at WTScast. You can write us a long-form email or, you know, a <laughs> short-form email. You can write an email that's as short as a tweet. If you write us an email, I expect formal salutations, full mm, yes, sentences. I'll be marking for grammar. That's what I say to my students when I tell them to write me an email. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Way too seriously cast at gmail.com. Is that mouthful of an email address? <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook, on Reddit, on Instagram. All the links are in our show notes, which are down below in your podcast player of choice. If you like this show, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell whoever you want. To tell an enemy. <laughs> an enemy. <laughs> tell an enemy. <laughs> Put your head under the ocean and yell it to a fish. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, you can Patreon us. That's the other thing you can do. If you like this show and want to support it so we make more shows or you hear more things, patreon.com slash clockworkscast. I've been Jan Moffat. I've been Paul Moffat. And... Hi, and welcome to Way Too Seriously. Is that the podcast we're doing right now? I can't remember. Let me start that over. Do-do-do-do-do-do.